You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Today is Tuesday, September the 15th. Locked On Cardinals is a daily podcast talking everything St. Louis Cardinals. My name is Lucas Smith. I'll be your host for the show. Yesterday, the Cardinals split a doubleheader with the Milwaukee Brewers. So, you know, I, I went into the series wanting a split, or went into to the game yesterday wanting a split. Obviously, I won a series win. Um, and I got the split. I think that the the results came backwards of what I thought they were going to be, and there were definitely still some negatives to talk about. But we will go ahead and talk about the split of a doubleheader yesterday, and then talk about the rest of the series, particularly the game tonight with Jack Flaherty on the bump. So let's get right into it. We'll start with Game 1, Young One Kim on the mound. And he did not miss a beat from missing... a. Uh, a start, missing a week or so with, with the abdominal pain issues. I think it was the liver issues, I think it was. Uh, but he went seven strong innings, three hits, walked three, six strikeouts, just the six base runners in seven innings. And I was just really impressed with the stuff that he had. Um, you know, you, you wonder, should he, should he have gone out for the bottom of the eighth with, with only the 87, 86 pitches that he threw? Maybe. Um, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Let's just focus on the positive of Kung Won Kim. He was able to keep the Milwaukee Brewer hitters off balance. Uh, he he just looked really good. I mean, there's really no if and or but about it. Um, you know, his last three starts have been spectacular, and really, I think he needs to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. He's two and zero with an ERA at .63 and five starts. He's he's got a save as well. Seventeen punch outs. It's a little bit of a low number, but 28 and two-thirds of an inning with a whip under one. As you dig more into the stats, you see more stuff that you like. Uh, his opponent batting average is a buck 68. Um, just just the nine walks, so that's what you like to see. Um, he's averaging a little bit higher for walks, 2.83 there, but you know opponents are only hitting 193 on batting average on balls and play, 236 OBP. 267 seconds. So all the numbers that you look at for Kim are spectacular. What might hurt him is the small sample size because of that missed time that he had. That might hurt him when it comes to Rookie of the Year voting. And, you know, there have been talks of whether or not there's actually going to be a Rookie of the Year or any awards because of the shortened season. I still think that there needs to be. Um, but nevertheless, I think Kim should at least, at minimum, be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year with his spectacular performance. Not only that, you look at the outstanding circumstances that Cam has had to pitch under with coming to a new country, dealing with a global pandemic, and then having to sit for a week or sit for two plus weeks with the COVID-19 outbreak within the system of the Cardinals, and then sit another week with, with medical issues on his own, and he's still been able to pitch lights out dominant. Cam has to be in the conversation. Um, so he was one of the rare positives on on Monday's first game, and and then let, 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 let's look at the offense before we go into the, the rest of the pitching. Only able to muster up five hits with the Cardinals, one for five with runners in scoring position. They left six runners on base. Um, nobody had more than one hit. What you like to see, though, is that four of the five hits came from the top five in the lineup. Um, 
So you like to see that. What you don't like to see in game one is Brad Miller's 0 for 3. Um, his average has dropped significantly in September, but it has not stopped him from having some big moments, which we will talk about uh, when we talk about game number two. Uh, the offense just looks sluggish, and excuse me, that's a credit to the uh, Brewers pitcher Josh Limbaugh. I thought he pitched really well. As he came in with an ERA. Um, that was really high. Uh, one inning in his last two relief appearances and in his first start in a while, uh, pitched extremely well. Uh, Cardinals weren't able to get many barrels off of Lindblom. And uh, he struck out six Cardinals in five innings. And, you know, Cardinals just aren't able, at least in game one, they weren't able to create a lot of opportunities for themselves. Um, is this the, the strongest lineup the Cardinals could have put out there? I don't know, maybe. Uh, you got Molina batting... Eighth, O'Neill didn't play Ravello. I mean, you have injuries to the regular starters when you look at, you know, should Fowler be playing more often? Should uh, should Dean actually be playing over Ravello? I mean, you never know. But what was, what's interesting about the, the starting lineup anyways is that you had a third baseman and Tommy had been playing right field. And you have a first baseman and Ron Ravello playing left field. Defensively, it's not the strongest. Luckily, they didn't make any errors, so it didn't really matter. But... This lineup just was unable to perform with, you know, w- w- with any sort of opportunities. They didn't create many opportunities for themselves in game number one. Like I said, the only batch winner scoring position they have were five. And, you know, you look at where those came. Most of those came in the eighth inning when you had a runner on second base placed automatically. Uh, three of those at bats came with runner on. on three of those at bats with runner scoring position came in the top half of the eighth. And then you go to the bottom half of the eighth and. Ryan Helsley come in, and Ryan Helsley has struggled. I was really high on Helsley. I still think he'll be fine, but I was high on him coming into the year. But he uh, he blew his second save of the season. He he drops his record to one and one. His ERA has flown way higher than what you expect it to be at eight five nine. And you know this bullpen is hurting right now. You want to get because you have the injuries to Gant and Gallegos that you can't use them. You want to save Cabrera and Reyes for as much as possible. Miller might not have been available yesterday because of recent pitching performances. Um, so I think Helsley was one of the only options there. Maybe, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but maybe you leave Kim in after only going 87 pitches. Maybe you throw Gomber in there first. Um, but Helsley, you know, just wasn't able to get the job done in the bottom half of the eighth. Um, he walked the first guy he sees, then he strikes out Yelich. That's a good thing. And then Ryan Braun, who hit the nose, who hit the ball on the button every time he was at the plate, uh, hit a double to tie the game. And then uh, two batters later, after a walk, Keston Hira flies out to uh, to win the ball game. So this was a tough game, especially with the Cardinals winning game number two. You would have liked to see them win game number one, obviously, but game number two came down to a lack of execution in opportunities while game number one came down to a, a lack of opportunities provided for themselves, if that makes any sense. Um, Cardinals, like I say, be, beat a dead horse. Five times the third scoring position, and they weren't even able to register an extra base hit in this game. Um, so, I mean, that's just, that, that can't happen against a team like Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, you know, you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to run into good pitchers every now and then. I get that. But you still have to be able to register more than zero extra base hits in a baseball game. I'm sorry, that just has to be the case, especially when you're a, a postseason hopeful. But um, yeah, so so that was game one, uh, two to one. The final was that one. And then before we talk about game two, I want to tell you guys about the incredible website of RockAuto.com. 
RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Before we take a look at game number two, uh, I want to make sure you guys know that I will be recapping tonight's game tomorrow on the show and be sure to email the show, re- reply to the, the the tweets. I know I get a lot of listeners, so I'd love to see you guys interact with me as well. And I'd love to interact with you guys uh, on Twitter and even on Instagram as well. LO underscore Cardinals are the handles for that. And uh, yeah, you know, I know that I get my listenership has continued to go up, so I appreciate that. I'd love to see my interaction go up as well. Um, um, it has last couple of days, but you know. Talk to me. I'd love to have a conversation with the guys about what the Cardinals are doing. So let's talk about game number two. This was a nail-biter. Cardinals, you know, a little bit of a different story. They were able to create opportunities for themselves. They they had five opportunities or 20 opportunities with runners in scoring position. They were five for 20, so 250 with runners in scoring position. You know, not terrible when you look at it on the whole, but they left 14 runners on base. And that uh, that didn't come until the fifth inning when Goldschmidt hit a, hit a double his eighth of the year. He continues to impress. He was two for five in game two yesterday. Um, but just from the offensive side of things, you know, this team has just been so inconsistent. They've been mediocre at best offensively coming out of the COVID nineteen layoff, and you knew there were going to be some some growing pains and stuff like that. But I would love to see some more consistency from this St. Louis Cardinal offense. Um, you know, they they, they sit twenty one and twenty one. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, directly at 500. And it's just unfortunate to see the offense continue to struggle like this. I mean, you got guys like Carpenter, who's 0 for 2 yesterday in the second game with two strikeouts. His ERA has dipped to 208, OPS 698. I saw a, t- a tweet or an Instagram post. Uh, oh, it was an Instagram post by uh, Cardinals underscore only. They tweeted or uh, posted out that Matt Carpenter over the last 15 games is hitting 256 with... 408 on base percentage, 462 slugging. That equates to 870 OPS. He's back. Uh, that was a day ago. That was before his 0 for 2 performance in game number two, and uh, that was before his uh, 0 for 2 performance in game number one as well. Um, and if 250 is Matt Carpenter being back, I know that the on base percentage and slugging are pretty good, um, but I don't consider that to be the Matt Carpenter as being back. When I think of Matt Carpenter, I think of him hitting 270 with those other two numbers, or you know, especially in his rookie year when he hit over 300. But I just don't think Carpenter's back. He's had some big moments, and I, you know, I appreciate him for that. He had some big moments in the Red Series, but I just 
as a whole, I don't, I still don't think Carpenter is quote unquote back. You know, he'll have a couple hits here and there every couple games, and Cardinal fans will go crazy. Oh, he's back! He just did this every game, and then the next game he strikes out. Um, you know, in game number two, he was 0 for two with two strikeouts, and then back in the first game, he was 0 for two with one strikeout left the runner on base, and. He just hasn't been consistent enough for me to fully say, okay, I'm back on at least for a little bit because I'm not. You know, I, am I happy whenever he gets a hit? Of course I am. I, I cheer for the Cardinals just like you guys do. But Matt Carpenter right now just simply isn't the answer. Sadly, there isn't an answer beyond him. And the answer to replacing him is either in the trade market, which is impossible right now, the free agent market, which is impossible right now, or the minor league system, which is at least two, three years away with, with Nolan Gorman and possibly Jordan Walker. Um, so I just don't think that Carpenter is back by any sort of the, any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. Um, and again, I've said this before. I want any more than any of you guys for me to be wrong on that take. I just don't see it. You know, you see every, here every year Carpenter's working on hitting the ball the other way, and I just do not see it. Um, you know, as I talk, I realize that one of the strikeouts he had yesterday in game number one was looking on a pitch that was nowhere close to the strike zone. I get it. That's a tough luck, but the matter of the fact is he's still over his last four with three strikeouts, um, and his his average continues to decline. So I'll get off my Matt Carpenter hate train because I like the guy. I think he's a great person. He's had great moments as a Cardinal. It's just I think his time's about done. When you look at the rest of the uh, team offensively, Paul DeYoung has been a real nice addition uh, to the Cardinal offense. I say addition because he missed the. COVID time because he had COVID-19. He was three for five. Um, he had a base hit in the, I want to say the seventh inning when they, whenever they didn't send Bader. Yeah, it was the seventh inning because he had the game winning hit in the ninth. Um, he had a base hit straight to the left fielder. Christian Elch, Harrison Bader was held up at third base. I think you got to go there, but I'm also okay with him not. Um you know, there's nobody out. There's no reason to, to, to rush things. Yes, you have Ravello, O'Neill, and Weeders do up, so not the, the powerful, most powerful three hitters. Um, but that was hit right at Yelich. He threw it right to the cutoff man. Was it a great throw to the plate? No, but Yelich wasn't trying to throw it to the plate. He was trying to hit the cutoff man. And that that's a, that's a good, smart baseball play. And, you know, I'm okay, excuse me, I'm okay with the Cardinals not sending Harrison Bader there. I think Okendo probably does if he's still coaching third base. But I, I'm okay with him not sitting there because at the end of the day, you still have to come through with one around third, less than two outs, less than one out in that situation. Uh, he's able to get into a rundown. I wasn't super upset with Bader running on that play. Um, I think it was Wiedersch who hit that. Maybe it was O'Neill. Uh, but then, you know, able to get runners on second and third. Um, and you, you, you still can't score. And it, it, it's brutal to see, you know. Beat a dead horse, but the Cardinals left 14 runners on base in Game 2 yesterday. Um, on the day, you know, close to pretty much two games, we played eight innings the first game and nine the second. They left 20 runners on base, and they were 6-for-25 with runners in scoring position. That's not a good two-game two total whatsoever. So the Cardinals just, plain and simple, have to fix it. Um, and, you know, Going to the ninth, they're able to muster up a couple runs, or a couple hits, rather, and Paul DeYoung saves the day once again with a base hit, uh, scoring Tommy Edmonds, so you love to see that, and then coming in to save the bottom half of the ninth, Tyler Webb, who has impressed. I don't think anybody can say anything different. So, I mean, Tommy Edmonds, or excuse me, Brett, uh, Tyler Webb was impressive, but was really impressive that I haven't talked about yet in Game 2 was Daniel Ponce de Leon. Where has this been the whole season? Six innings, four hits, just the two earned, one walk and nine strikeouts. 
Ponce de Leon, and Kim too, but mainly Ponce de Leon, answered every single question that the Cardinals and Cardinal fans have had about him. This is one start, I get it, but he limited his pitch count. He limited his walks, and he went deep into a baseball game. I think that's only his third time going past six innings or going six innings in a baseball game in his career in 18 starts. So that's a huge positive for this team. Ponce de Leon, his, the, the stuff has never been a question. It's always been about the command. He found it yesterday against the Brewers. His one blemish was a two-run home run he gave up to Jed Jerko, who we all know can hit a fastball. He did it for the Cardinals for two or three years. Ponce de Leon was very, very good yesterday. Kim, you almost expect that kind of dominance that he had in Game 1. Ponce de Leon, to me, came out of nowhere and absolutely dominated the Milwaukee Brewers. And beyond that, you have Alex Reyes coming in, striking out the side, getting out of a self-made jam after you walked a batter, pitching absolutely filthy stuff. Henderson Cabrera comes in, strikes out the side, walks a batter, and he had the jam because of the runner on second base. He gets out of it with his absolutely electric stuff, and Tyler Webb gets out of it with a walk and a strikeout. Second game was really the, the pitching all day was really good except for Ryan Helsley, uh, but the second game especially was Cardinal pitching to a T. Starter goes deep, bullpen gets out of jams and saves the day. Super impressed with game number two. Um, starting pitching, Pine Stelion especially, was top notch for the Redbirds. All right, so real quick before I wrap up here, I do want to talk about tonight's game. Jack Flaherty on the bump going up against Brett Anderson, a left-hander. Cardinals do not have very good numbers against this left-hander, except for one batter. Uh, really not a whole lot of sample size. Carpenter's one for six. Paul Goldschmidt is hitting 583 with 12, and, excuse me, in 12 at-bats with two home runs. Other than that, Yadi is one for five. Colton's two for four, and Brad Miller's 0 for two. Um, so... Uh, Anderson, 2-for-3 with 464 ERA coming in. Jack Flaherty coming off uh, a really good start, even though he wasn't satisfied with it. He was very upset in the postgame, even though he struck out 6 and ninety six and 5 innings on 95 pitches. Um, he wants to go deeper in a game, and I think the, the Cardinals absolutely need that right now with the depleted bullpen because you got to think that Reyes, Cabrera, and Helsley are all unavailable for today. Um, and beyond that, the uh, rotation or the uh, options are slim pickings beyond Jack Flaherty. So uh, Flaherty's goal, and I think it always is his goal, but his goal especially tonight uh, needs to be going deep in the game. And I think Flaherty delivers. I like what he, you know, like what he has to offer against the Brewers. The only one with good numbers against him in his uh, big sample size is Ryan Braun, four thirty-eight and sixteen at bats with three home runs. Um, so I, I think Flaherty goes deep, and I think the Cardinals get above five hundred. Um, in game number two, because I just don't think that uh, Cardinals can afford it. Because if they win game, or excuse me, day number two, game number three, if they win this game, that sets them up really nicely for a doubleheader tomorrow for a chance to win the series. So um, tune back in tomorrow when I, when I talk about tonight's game. Hopefully it's about a Jack Flaherty dominant performance and a Cardinal winner. But that's all I got for you guys today. Be sure to follow the show, LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram. Rate the show on wherever you listen to it. I know Apple, uh, Apple Podcast has a feature to rate the show, so please rate the show. Let me know what you think, and be free. feel free to interact with me. I will not bite. I will interact with you, and I will, I will be happy to interact with you. But that's all I got. Happy Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe. Stay well. Have a great day.